1: Cheryl Critchley is a Melbourne journalist of 30 years. She's the president of the AFL Fans Association and lifelong Richmond supporter who loves football, but is also concerned about how corporatisation affects the grassroots fans. Welcome to Chicks Talking Footy, Cheryl. Thanks for having me. A pleasure. You've been a great friend of the show over many years now, so it's good to have you back. You were recently asked to um, unfill the premiership flag for Richmond, I noticed, on the socials. As a Richmond supporter, did you melt into the ground with excitement.
0: Oh, I sure did. That was just absolutely incredible. And and what was more amazing about that is the reason that it was for me to represent all fans and grassroots fans, which is just an incredible honor, you know, so great that the club thought to do that, isn't it?
1: Yeah, I mean, and you got to unfill two at a time, too, didn't you? Cuz um they weren't, they weren't able to do it in 2020.
0: No, and it was really another nice thing the club did was wait until fans could be there to see it.
1: So that made it even more special, didn't it? weird unfurling it into an empty stadium i suppose <laughs> now previously we've had jerry Eamon on the show he was the president but um, you've uh, of the afl fans association but you've been appointed into that role recently tell us about the purpose of the afl fa and and what you hope to bring to the role yourself Yeah, it's a fairly simple
0: purpose in that we just want to give fans a voice. Like for many years, and as you mentioned before, that you know footy has become a bit more corporate, and you know us grassroots fans felt that we didn't really have a lot of say in how the game was run. So our our you know simple premise is to just give fans a say, and and to hope that the AFL and clubs will take our views into account when they make decisions, and. And we have had a few victories along the way, which we'd claim, which is good. And one of them was we did a petition to increase the number of seats given to competing club members for the grand final. And that resulted in the number being increased from fifteen to 17,000 per club. And that actually happened the year my team made the grand final in 2013.
1: <laughs> so that was even better. So you had motives. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, that was interesting, actually, because this year when they were Im- implementing COVID safe plans at stadiums and tickets were really reduced we had sort of a, a grand final scenario with tickets again where you know tickets were distributed to sponsors and corporations and and that kind of thing and, and the fans got some in some cases less than 50% of the tickets allocated you know, how do we how do we get more tickets for fans in that kind of scenario.
0: I think it actually worked out okay in the end because it was it was 50% to begin with, and Richmond had a ballot for round one in the game against Carlton, and and all the members who applied for the ballot ended up getting tickets, which was really good. That was reserved seat members, but then they had a second stage where members could apply for tickets, and I'm pretty sure all of those who applied got tickets, and there was even a few that were released for public sale. So probably the issue. there was that the away team in Carlton got way fewer tickets so there may well have been a few Carlton fans that missed out and maybe some Carlton members as well. But Mm. as far as the home team went, they ended up catering pretty well. And then from then on, the games have actually seemed to attract less fans than we've thought, haven't they? I don't know if you've, but some of the crowds have been lower than expected. So in terms of demand, um, they have pretty well catered for most members so far.
1: Yeah, it's interesting though, the the balance between the home and away team, isn't it? Because it sort of gives a, a really big advantage I think, to the home team when they've got that much more support at the ground. Probably it's gone up to 75% capacity in the last uh, week or two. Now, last year, I think fans in 2020, when we weren't able to attend games, particularly here in Victoria, we should, we really demonstrated our loyalty to our clubs. I mean, I know my club, Hawthorne, had very few people ask for a request, a refund for their membership or say they weren't going to be a member that year. Uh, a lot of people kept their membership despite not being able to. To, to go to games. How do you think clubs should reward that loyalty? I mean, they could have really put their clubs in financial difficulty if they had of acted differently.
0: Well, the fans have been absolutely amazing. And I know my club, Richmond, it was a really massive percentage, something like 95% kept their memberships. Some may well have asked for a bit of a discount if they, you know, lost their jobs and had reduced income. But across the board, the members of the clubs have been, you know, absolutely fantastic in their, you know, showing their loyalty. And, and obviously we'd love to see that rewarded this year and sort of, I suppose, premising that along the lines of in, in terms of being COVID safe, like I know clubs can't give us too much yet because a lot of things are restricted in terms of having big functions and that sort of stuff. But some teams have already given their members rewards like sign jumpers if they re-signed this year and, you know, nominate a, a friend to become a member for free. And, and so there have been a few offers out there. And and one other thing that there could be a great reward for fans this year is maybe we could try and push to have even more competing club members getting into the grand final if their capacity is there you know the fans showed so much loyalty last year and I know you know some of the corporates might have done it tough as well but given how many fans showed their loyalty then maybe we could have a higher number at the grand final this year you know being given gifts and things like that but I think yeah, you know, actually, getting access to something that precious would be the ultimate way to reward loyalty, wouldn't it? I
1: agree. I agree. As long as your f- club is in the grand final. Yeah.
0: Well, maybe <laughs> other clubs will have to come up with other ideas. Or yeah, that's right. Maybe, maybe by then they can have more functions and special family days, and maybe some more access to players and.
1: Yeah, or discounts at the. The gift shops and that kind of thing. Yeah, and look, I think that's I think it's really important that that is recognised because you know I, I, it, my membership is more about the fact that I belong to my tribe and I support my tribe. It wasn't just about getting into games and getting access to games. It was um, about being part of the club. So I think it shows what great fans we do have in the AFL and a great mm. community that we have uh, in this game that perhaps other sports don't experience the same level.
0: But having said that, it does need to be rewarded as well, doesn't it? Because there does come. A point where you don't want to be taken for granted either, do you? So I think we've quite reached that point, but that I suppose it's our job to keep, to, you know, to monitor that and to see what fans out there are thinking. And and so far, I think you know most are reasonably happy. Some some are a little bit annoyed with minor things like oh, you, you can't sit in your actual reserve seats this year yet because of the COVID safe practices and and the reduced numbers. It means that you might not get your actual reserve seat yet, but those sorts of things are a, a little bit beyond the control of clubs so we're we're keeping an eye on all of that to just see how that balance plays out
1: yeah because I guess it's about the relationship not just with the clubs but also the AFL Mm-hmm. how that all interplays together. And then the AFL's got responsibilities to sponsors and broadcast deals and all sorts well, and of things. And state government so. rules as well. Yeah, so. that's right. So it's all <laughs> a lot of stakeholders in everything. And let's talk about the rule changes. Now, I know that we can't impact those and you probably can't impact those in, as, as part of the <laughs> fan association. We complain about them though. We can, we can, we can whinge <laughs> about it. But have you got any data or general sense about how they're being received by fans, uh, particularly things like the, the man on the mark rule? Yeah. Yeah, well, it's interesting. It's interesting because we've done a couple of posts on Facebook that have have drawn
0: quite a few comments and it's fairly mixed. Some people say, oh, it's great. It's opened the game up. Whereas others are like, oh my God, footy as we know, it's ruined. (laughs) (laughs) Our job in that situation is to sit on the fence in that there's no clear consensus. Like, you know, there's a clear consensus on fans wanting a day grand final, for example. But with rule Mm -hmm. changes, we find that you do get a range of views. So the best We can do is then present the fact that there are a range of views and some people think it's great where others don't and and you know let people make up their own minds on that sort of thing like some think you know that the kick the new kick out rule where you've got to give them I think 15 meters as they're running out to kick the ball out after a point some people don't like that because they think that, you know, can get the ball too far down the ground in one one hit. But others, you know, argue that it's it's opening the game up.
1: Look, I love a high-scoring game. I'm big on goals being kicked and, you know, the excitement within 30 seconds, the game can turn around very quickly. But I I, I my feeling is that the umpires have way too much involvement in our game. It's constantly, for, for these rules that we're, we're wanting the game to flow and go faster and, you know, open the game up, umpires have to police these rules which slow it down. So I can't. Some a lot of games. I just wish they'd get out of the way. Yeah,
0: it's really, really hard for the umpires though. When, when you take a step back and look at what they've had to deal with over the last few years, like every year, yeah, there's been more and more tweaks and changes, and even sometimes it appears week to week that interpretations are changed. Like one week, oh, this is our week where we're not, you know, going to pay holding the ball, and the next week, yes, we are going to pay. Yeah, (laughs) that's probably conspiracy theory, but a lot of people, you know, the interpretation even changes week by week, and. the, the poor umpires, they've got to deal with all of this. So they're under so much pressure. And and someone made the point too, that with opening up the game, it's a bit quicker now. So that, that makes it even more challenging for
1: the umpires, doesn't it? In terms of following the play and keeping up with it. But um, unfortunately, we don't have a say in that. So we well, can certainly share our two, Bob. The AFL, if um, I do work with the AFL to help it be a more inclusive space for fans, we're obviously we're doing a lot of work with LGBTI support uh, and also women. We've uh, you know done a lot of discussion around Indigenous inclusion, multicultural inclusion, et cetera. What role do you play in that space, like in the inclusion, perhaps fans that have previously maybe been excluded from the football community? Well,
0: it's always on our radar. And one example is that we initiated the, the buggies that are at the MCG. Like We obviously didn't have the resources to do that, but that was our idea and the MCC and Travels Aid and the local Council and Metro all got on board and so now from Richmond Station, I think from Jollymont as well, people with disabilities or who, you know, impaired in their walking or injured or whatever, they can then get a lift from the station to the ground. So, we're sort of aware of accessibility issues like that as well and we've recently joined the um, Human Rights Commission's Racism It Stops With Me campaign. So, we've joined up with them. So, our logo is on their website and I think we've got out there logo on our website. So we're very conscious of that. And and we're also prepared to speak up even knowing in some cases that there will be some fans that will have a go at us for doing that. And an example of that was the Adam Goods situation, which was just terrible. And then, you know, clearly got to the point where he was upset by the booing. that had, you know, racial connotations. And even at that point, some fans continued to boo. So we then, you know, stood up and said, look, this is not right. Fans should not be doing this. So where we think it's, it's worth it and something needs to be said, even though there's a percentage who won't agree, with us sometimes we do have to stand up and you know we're really supportive of you know the the
1: pride round and all of those sorts of things that take place now which are great. Fantastic. Well today I put on the the sphere a question I'd let everyone know that we were <laughs> going to be chatting tonight and I asked uh, the fans of if they had any questions for you as the president of the AFL FA and I did get Quite a a few responses. So I've picked out a couple that I'll ask you. And what Gwenda from Twitter said: not being people that don't have smartphones or the internet uh, are no longer able to book tickets. They normally would have rocked up to the ground and and bought a tick, you know, bought a paper ticket and got in. Uh, How can we help? Yeah, well, I think that's an issue because that's
0: probably one of the reasons why crowd numbers are down because some people have said it's in the too hard basket in terms of having to source your tickets, not being able to sit where you want, having to book, maybe even, you know, pay twice when you're already a member. And and part of it has been, you know, the reluctance of some, not, not just people who are older, but for whatever reason, who might not be familiar with the, the technology. So we know that the clubs are trying to do their best in terms of if you ring your club up, they will hopefully help you out. And my club, for example, actually has offices at games. So I'd hope that maybe other clubs have that as well, where you can go to the game and have someone to help you out. But essentially, these people do need help. And we just we hope they're getting it. We've had a few people mention that issue, but others have said they have been helped by their club. So just don't be shy to call your club up because they will help you out. And and I think some people do feel that don't they, that, you know, they don't want to be, you know,
1: don't want to impose or whatever, but your club's there to help you. So one thing I was at the MCG for the first time in 18 months yesterday for the hawks cuts game. And um, one thing I noticed is the whole stadium is cashless. It's all pay by cart. And to be honest with you, I think that excludes certain people. You know, I I, I know lots of people that don't want to have credit cards and debit cards and that kind of thing because of the fees. So cash because it's a legal tender. Those kind of things exclude can exclude fans in different ways.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And that's what we're definitely keeping an eye on. And we're we're constantly posting on our Facebook page and asking people if they're having issues. And I suppose I don't know if it's surprising or not, but there hasn't been a heap of them. But there is definitely like Gwenda, that percentage who are saying they're put off by the fact that you've got to do this or you've got to do that. They might not have the smartphone or the technology. Like some people, you know, you have a child or a neighbor. Who can help
1: you out with that? But other people don't have that. Keep an eye on it. It certainly does um, inhibit, for sure. Now I also had Stephen say cheer squads not using, not having the banners up that yes. the players normally run through.
0: Well, we have noted that. And when I was out on the ground about to unfurl the flag and chatting to Gil and McLaughlin, I said to <laughs> Just him, "Just chatting to Gill." This podcast was produced by Joy Media. You can support Joy's diverse sound and diverse community this June by donating to Joy Radiothon twenty. 2020- 24.
1: Go to joy.org.au slash radioson. And remember, we all flourish with joy.